Well, good morning. Today is Memorial Day, and we've been singing some patriotic songs. I'd like to take a moment and take a look at the song we just finished, Eternal Father. Talk about it for just a moment, because it it really is a wonderful lead-in to what I had planned on uh, saying in way of remarks today as we prepare for even uh, the memorial service that we're going to... Uh, provide uh, because today is the day in which we uh, provide the Lord's Supper or the uh, communion table or there's any a number of names for it but it is a memorial service do this in remembrance of me the Lord said and so uh, that's what we want to do I won't look over there Good, I've been there. practicing to look over there let's pray together gracious loving heavenly father we thank you and praise you this day as we go forward as we go forward worshiping you as we go forward seeking your guidance uh, in our every step and we thank you and praise you in Jesus name amen memorial day weekend well weekends tomorrow tomorrow's the holiday and if you're interested in a special memorial service there's one being held at 10:30 tomorrow morning in Cathedral City at the cemetery across the street at the at the mortuary complex Pierce Brothers no Forest Lawn Forest Lawn they're competitors aren't they or they might have merged I don't know but anyway uh, there's the and I'm sure there are others as well that's the one I happen to know about because I drive by it very nearly every day. <clears throat> Memorial Day originally was set up uh, to remember those fallen uh, sailors, soldiers, Marines, and so on uh, that have died in war. And we could read the list of, well, there were so many lost in the Civil War and so many lost in the First World War and so many lost and so on. Uh, and it's been expanded because now uh, as we celebrate, uh, and celebration is a good word for this, as we celebrate memorial, uh, we also celebrate uh, first responders uh, and uh, uh, police presence in, in whatever form they might be, and I think rightly so. Because all of us, all of us, and I come from a military background, I spent several years in the military, as most of you know, uh, <clears throat> did what we did, did what we do, whichever tense you want to use, uh, for one purpose, and that's to provide uh, liberty and safety for our country, willing to set ourselves, quote, in harm's way, so to speak, in order that uh, that might that might occur. I've I was in Vietnam, uh, and that's all the war story I'm going to tell about that. Uh, and uh, there are certain things that I'm reminded of, I'll have to admit, on Memorial Day. And uh, somebody mentioned they saw my necklace today, and here it is. Uh, it's called dog tags. Mm -hmm. And the dog tags really have uh, one purpose, and that's to identify me if I can't identify myself uh, should I be wounded or should I be fatally injured in battle so that uh, my remains or or my 
very broken body that needs to be mended uh, can be done can can do so. And what does it say on there? I, these are the do, these are my original dog tags, by the way. I wore these in Vietnam. Isn't that exciting? Hubbler MR, B positive. That's my blood type. So if I need a bottle of blood really quick, they know right away. They don't have to go try to find my medical records. And then there's this wonderful number uh, that we can no longer use, My what I call my service number. Joe knows about that. We lost our service numbers uh, in the late 60s, and everybody went to a Social Security number, which I thought was terrible. Uh, and they're going back. So I was right. They were wrong. That my serial number. Then it says United States Marine Corps. And then there's an M there. Uh, that's my gas mask size. And then it says Baptist. So religious preference would be written there. That's what it says. Added to that, not actually regulation, is what we lovingly call the John Wayne. Uh, this is life-giving support because it opens the can of sea rations. Although it doesn't work anymore because now... They use all dried food. You rip the package open and throw it in hot water, and there it is. And so they don't have cans anymore, but that's mine. And then this says man of God, and that's just added because I think it should be added. Anyway, so I'm wearing this today in remembrance of that time. For fallen comrades, people that I knew and worked with uh, that did not come home from Vietnam, at least not in the normal way, uh, and uh, and so on. Some of you will remember that Memorial Day was the time that American Legion would would sell poppies on the on a street corner, raising funds to help s- support uh, some of the things that veterans uh, needed support for. And they don't do that anymore. My understanding was because poppies became a bad word uh, because of the opium situation. And so now they don't do that anymore. Uh, so I'm wearing my poppy. This one's plastic. Uh, it isn't like the one that I used to get as a young person. What else am I doing? That's that's about it. Uh, I'm wearing my special tie. Everybody knows about my ties, except for the lady that's joining us today uh, from Nevada. Yes. And uh, anyway, so my Marine Corps tie, indicating from where I came, my Marine Corps ring and my, never mind. Uh, I was a United States Marine, once a Marine, always Marine. Look at the back of my car and the driver, the parking lot, and you'll see that that's true. All of which to draw attention to the fact that I have served. And that's not pointing to me, but it's pointing to the service. It's pointing to service. And, and I speak from a Marine Corps standpoint because that's from where I come. That's the tradition that I know. But I know that that's true of the Army. I know it's true of, of the Navy and the Air Force and the Coast Guard and, and, and so on. Our police force, we're in Indio. So the Indio police force, they've been very busy lately. There's been, you know, a shooting here and a shooting there and, and so on. Cathedral City, too, by the way. But all of that, for what purpose? All of that, for what purpose? And that purpose, of course, is to provide a safe, free country in which to live. And we appreciate that so very much. But 
underlying that because we call it a Memorial Day. And Memorial doesn't necessarily have to be sad. However, it has a sadness to it. And why does it have a sadness to it? Because there's death involved. And all of us are going to face death in one way or another. Probably everybody in the room has already faced death, not personally, but certainly uh, in our families, in our friends, and and so on. Uh, I just lost uh, uh, my uncle of 93 years uh, just recently and uh, went to his memorial service, had an opportunity to, to share a few words there. Uh <clears throat> And so we all, we all suffer that loss. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that loss today, uh, because the message that we're going to share, where, if I ever get to it, uh, is called eternal hope. The eternal hope. And we're talking about death. Death is the end of it. It's almost a synonym. A synonym for death is, it's all over. It's, here's the beginning. Here's the end, and we, we understand that. You know, you read a book, and you start at the book, and there's chapter one, and you get to the end, and you find out who did it. Uh, I like murder mysteries. Uh, who, win, who wins the war? Who caught the spy? What, you know, whatever it might be. And you close the book, and gee, it's all over. I really wish there'd be another chapter. Well, what happened to the hero when he went home? You know, did he live happily ever after? Did he go back? You know, we talk about multiple deployments today. Uh, I was, I spent two tours in Vietnam. I didn't do multiple employments. I just stuck around. I was too dumb to come home. Well, never mind that. We won't talk about my lack of intelligence. Uh, but one thing I was able to do is, is I wasn't wounded. So I was able to dodge the bullets. That was pretty cool. Oh, I just told a war story. Shame on me. I wasn't going to do that. But <clears throat> here we are. We're here today uh, celebrating Memorial Day. And I'll have to admit, I get just a little bit upset, especially on Memorial Day, but it happens on all the holidays because for every holiday, there's a mattress sale. Uh, there's a, you got to buy your Ford this weekend or Chevrolet or Infinity or, you know, whatever it is. Uh, <coughs> Matt, I said mattresses already. Uh, you probably should buy a house this weekend. Uh, we'll have a house sale, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, people think in terms, well, we got three days off. We're going to be off Friday, Saturday. Oh, take off Friday. You should have seen the freeway on Friday. There's a lot of people who didn't work on Friday because they were on their way where? On the way to the river in Arizona or on their way somewhere. Here, we have a whole slug of people here right now to do what? Well, to enjoy the weather probably. Uh, not much else going on here of special nature right now. But just celebrate. In fact, when I was teaching school uh, and we come up to a holiday, just before the holiday, I would, ask the, I would ask the class, why is this going to be a holiday? And the cardinal answer to my, for my students was, so that we could have a day off from school. I mean, that's a dumb question, teacher. What's wrong with you? Uh, and so we spent some time talking about what the holiday was all about, uh, be it Memorial Day or uh, whatever day it might have been, uh, the President's Day. Of course, we now we merged the Presidents. You remember when there was actually a Lincoln's birthday? 
That's 12 February. And 22 February is Washington's birthday. You remember that? And now we put it all together. So what? We can have one gigantic weekend in which to have a mattress sale and sell a car, etc., etc. It's sad. It really is sad. The purpose of the holiday is to commemorate, you figure out the word, uh, something. And in this case, it's something that's really quite important and quite personal to everyone in the room. Every one of us have benefited from the service that these men and women in various uniforms and various uh, job descriptions have provided for us at the risk of their own lives. And I, I have to admit that one of the things that I, I'm celebrating now is the, the, the trial is over for that person that killed our two Palm Springs police officers a couple of years ago. I'll have to admit I get kind of tired of seeing their pictures again and again and again on the news. You know, no offense to them, but can it be over? <laughs> and uh, he, was, uh, he was found guilty recently. That's good. That's good. What's really good is that we now have, of course, uh, the remedy for death. Death is the thing that's so scary. We're all afraid of death. In fact, if you look at what we just sang, and uh, then I'll actually read a scripture for you, but look at what we sang. Uh, look at the, the bottom the bottom line of verse 1. For those in peril on the sea, we ask, Hear us when we cry to thee for those in peril on the sea. Protect them by thy guarding hand from every peril on the land. Watchful care from every peril in the air. And then, of course, the last verse. Thus evermore shall rise to thee glad praises from air and land and sea. How can we say that? I'll have to admit, being in peril is scary. It, it really is. Been there, done that. I don't really want to do it again. Uh, and yet, there are those that that do it every day. Every day, their job is filled with peril. And of course, many of us think that every time we get into our Ford or Chevy or Lincoln town car, that's my baby, uh, there's peril out there. And when people, I, I had peril this morning getting here uh, with that wonderful person that was doing uh, 92 miles an hour uh, to my uh, 78. I was going 78 miles per hour. I know that's against the law, but he was worse than me. But they say that the policeman would stop me because it was easier. Well, anyway, in peril. We're in peril, but we're not in peril because there's a, there's an escape for that. There's an escape, and we're going to talk about that escape this morning, and nothing new. We're going to read a scripture. It's First Thessalonians chapter 4. Uh, let me pull that up. I have it actually written down on a piece of green paper so that I can see it. Uh, verses 13 through 17, and here is... Uh, why 
we're not concerned about death. We should not be concerned about death. And now, dear brothers, Scripture says, I want you to know what happens to a Christian when he dies, so that when it happens, you will not be full of sorrow, as those are who have no hope. There are those, there are those, there's sorrow with hope, and there's sorrow without hope. And I'll have to admit, as a pastor, I've officiated at uh, the funeral of, of both both kinds, both people. And it's it really is a very sad occasion for me personally, because I understand the spiritual uh, applications that we're talking about, uh, when, I, when I officiate at a funeral of a person that was not a Christian. No hope. Because Scripture tells us that when we are in Christ, uh, we're going to be with him in eternity. When we're not in Christ, we're not. And you can describe hell however you want to describe it. Uh, and But it's separation from God. And I'll have to admit, sometimes when I equate the spiritual back to the physical, and I think in terms of being uh, separated uh, from loved ones, even for a short period of time, separated from Shirley when I was uh, deployed here and there. Uh, Shirley happened after Vietnam, so... Uh, she didn't have to do that worry. But I did spend a year in Okinawa uh, in our marriage. And during that year in Okinawa, I was deployable uh, back to uh, Vietnam should the need arise. That's why I was there, couldn't take her with me. Uh, and so there was that. Uh, and, I'll, and there were times when, when there were people, there were some deploying noise going on and I was afraid that I might be deployed uh, back to Vietnam we go and I thought about being completely separated from Shirley forever it was a difficult feeling it was and I had a son who I basically barely knew my son Rob was born and I got on a plane and flew to Okinawa so I missed the first year of Rob's life uh, in the service of my country to keep you protected. But that's the way service is, isn't it? That's the way service is. Uh, so to be separated, to be separated even for a time. My grandson, who basically lived in our house most of his life, uh, even up to now, and he's 20 years old, but he moved to Connecticut to be with his mother and we'll talk about family time things another time but he was gone and I had the feeling that I'd never see him again because he's in Connecticut I'm here I'm not 42 anymore I'm now 43 44 somewhere around in there Uh, and I'll never see him again that feeling of separation I, I understand that I didn't have any of those feelings last Friday. Last Friday was my uncle's memorial service. My uncle, Jerry, definitely was a Christian. And I'm not here to memorialize him, but I'm using him as the example today because I know exactly where my uncle is. And what I was able to share uh, as I shared a little bit about him was that 
Today, I said, as as I was speaking to the congregate, uh, my uncle is now reunited with his lady, his wife, that has gone before. He's reunited uh, with his family. He's reunited with his biological mother, who he really never knew. And that's part of the family history, and you'll get pieces of that if you stick around with me much longer. But all of the, he's being reunited with all of those, quote, loved ones that we really can connect to. But most importantly, he's going to see who? Face to face. He's going to see the Lord Jesus Christ face to face. And he's going to do that for how long? Oh, for the 10 seconds where he'll shake hands and next. No, no, no. He'll be with him forever. And a message previous to this, we talked about the fact that God is with us all the time. All of the time. Think about it. The day that you accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, you didn't have to make an appointment. You just said, God, here I am. Fix it. Or however you put it. I'm not going to put words in your mouth. But whatever it is that you said, he was right there to hear you. Right there. If you speak to him right this moment, he's right there with you. Speaking to you, directly to you. Prayerfully, he's speaking directly to you in the things that I'm able to share with you right now. For since we are those who have no hope, for since we believe that Jesus died and then came back to life again, we can also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with him all the Christians who have died. And that's a continuation of of what we see in the last times. As we die, we are separated. We are separated. Guess what? How long your body stays in the ground? Your body stays in the ground or your ashes stay in the urn or however it is that you take care of that situation. Be right there. You can go back and you can dig up George Washington's bones. You can go back, etc., etc. And we don't need to, to beat that to death. But it's his body is there. But if you are a Christian, you are separated at the moment of death, body and soul. Because the soul immediately goes where? Into the presence of the Lord, where you will spend time with him in all of eternity. That is the blessed event. The return of the Lord. The resurrection of the dead. Now, the resurrection of the dead has to do with the body and soul being reunited. When Jesus died on the cross for you and for me, when he went to the cross and died, he died for the purpose of forgiving you for your sins. He provided the penalty, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life, the scripture says. And so Jesus went to the cross for you and for me. God so loved the world, it says. And you know the verse there. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except by me. And Jesus said that. When did he say that? And that's so very important. Sometimes we grab these verses that are kind of memory verses and they're, they're neat verses to say and they, they have a great deal of meaning, but they mean so much more when you know exactly when they were said. Jesus said that to his disciples in the upper room on the day in which he took bread and he took cup and he got betrayed and went to the garden and got arrested and got himself tried six or seven trials, depending on how you interpret some of the scriptures. 
And then later in the day, by noon, he's hanging on the cross. For what purpose? Substitutionary atonement for you and for me. That's when he said, that's the context. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father, and who's the Father but God himself, but by me. It's a package deal. And the resurrection of the dead is a mirrored, it's mirrored by the very fact that Jesus rose from the dead. Easter is a terrible word. I hate the word Easter because it says nothing about what it's all about. It's resurrection day. If, it, if we should call Easter anything, it's resurrection day because that's what it is. That's what we celebrate. That's what we celebrate. I mean, Christmas, at least the word Christmas tells us Christ mass. Uh, it, it speaks, it got God in it. Easter doesn't have Easter, word, the word Easter doesn't have God in it. And we've seen to that. Somebody gave me a chocolate bunny and say, you now have uh, the, the very joy of Easter is found when you have this bunny. And it's true. I have this bunny and I'll keep it until it dissolves. I hope our air conditioning doesn't go out. But, but it's, it's a great thing. Bunnies, uh, Easter egg hunts, uh, what's it, jelly beans, all of that business. What's that got to do with anything? It's resurrection day. It's the day that Jesus did what? Conquered death. Jesus did, or God did for Jesus, what God did for Lazarus in John chapter 11. Dead four days, buried in the tomb, wrapped in mummy clothes, and all of that business. And Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus came forth. That's you and me. That's you and me. Your body that goes into the ground or into the urn or whatever you did or had done to your body, it's there. It's there until Jesus comes again. But when he comes again, your body is going to be restored and it's going to be reunited with your spirit and you're going to be reunited with everybody that you ever knew that has accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Resurrection of the dead. Rapture of the living. If you are here when Jesus comes again, then as soon as he takes care of all of the people that have died and gone on before you, then you are going to be raptured. And the word raptured became very popular when Tim LaHaye wrote his series of books about things to come. And <clears throat> instead of tribulation, instead of the tribulation that we're going to see, and you read Revelation for that, you find that you're going to be taken up. You're going to disappear. If the rapture happens right now, my clothes are going to fall down on the ground because you're not going to have a body to hold them up. And that goes for you too. And off we go. I assume we'll have some kind of a robe as we go up. We don't want to get any, you know, get the wrong idea here. But there you are. Rapture of the living. And the reunion of the saints. It's the reunion of the saints. And the scriptures goes on to tell us, I can tell you this directly from the Lord that we who are still living, when the Lord returns, will not rise to meet him ahead of those who are in the grave. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a mighty shout and with a soul-stirring cry of the archangel and the great trumpet call of God. And the believers who are dead, 
will be the first to rise to meet the Lord. When, pardon me, then we are still alive and remain on the earth, will be caught up with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and remain with him forever. Forever. Think about the word forever. It's a word that's foreign to you. You don't really understand the concept of forever because you've got this finite mind. You've got this physical brain. When were you born? Well, I was born on August the 8th and, and August the 8th. Write it down. I expect cards. Okay. Uh, but there's a certain day in which I was born. But God knew that I was going to be born the day he said he created the earth. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He knew then that Martin Robert Hubbler was going to be here. Uh, he actually had another name for me. I've had a couple of different names, and that's part of the family history we don't want to talk about. But there, but it goes on. I, I didn't have a beginning on August the 8th, 1941. We could actually go back to the point of conception. Uh, I personally believe that that's where life starts. And so... But then it has to go back before that because the seed was carried and the egg was carried back. And so why am I related to my grandparents? Why am I related to my great-grandparents and so on? My DNA and blood and all of that stuff back and back and back. I was at the Garden of Eden. Metaphorically, Adam and Eve are my grandmother and grandfather. Yours too, whether you're a Christian or not. There it is. There's in the begin the, the first verse of the Bible blows it away. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Do you know what that verse just said? It said, "Here's the beginning, right here, and before the beginning, there's God creating the beginning." Makes sense to you? Makes no sense at all. Makes no sense at all. I just went through the burial situation with my uncle. He's dead. He's gone. I'm never going to see him again on the face of this earth. Ever. It's over. He's gone. Uh, he was cremated. So he's in a jar. He's in an urn. Never. And yet the scripture says that if I'm in Christ, I'm never going to die. I'm going to be with him forever. Always. 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 No end. Grab that. No end. It's never going to end. That's evermore. That's eternity. That's forever. We throw words out like that in our vocabulary all the time, and we don't mean them. I always hang my keys up on the hook as I walk through the door. Surely don't you laugh. Oh, you already did. Cover your mouth. I try to. We, she bought me for Christmas a special little alarm. 
that we hang on my keychain and that it, it, it hangs on that hook so that if I ever lose my keys or forget where I put them, we can push the alarm and it sounds off. It's like when you can't find your phone. You know, there was a remedy for finding your phone that used to be wired to the wall and you knew exactly where it was all the time. And do you know that when, when our phone rings and we have four extensions to our phone in the house, when our phone rings, I automatically look to base one where the main set is and that's where I go to answer it. Hmm, crazy. But it works. I always know where that phone is. Always. Always is not a physical word. Always is a spiritual word. To truly understand always is to understand the spirit. Now, There's something that we're going to do today, and it's a perfect day to do it. We're going to celebrate God's memorial service. Because Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. Do this in remember me. And remember me how? You remember me how? By the body and the blood. This is my body, which is broken for you. He said, where did he say this? He said, it. why do we call it the Last Supper? Because it's the last time he ate on this earth. Well, until he was resurrected. And then when he was resurrected, he had, he had fish breakfast at least once. John chapter 21. But, and this, and here's the magic. This is the New Testament in my blood. This is the New Testament in my blood, he said. And this in the Passover Seder, which is what they were celebrating, when Jesus said these marvelously beautiful things, is the third cup. Guess what the name of the third cup is? redemption here it is this is the new promise here it is redemption is right here and it's in my blood do this in remembrance of me do this in remembrance of me and what's going to happen I read it to you already what's going to happen I'm going to be with him. We are going to be with him for all eternity. What are we going to do in eternity? After we've said hi and, oh, I want to meet Moses face to face. Can I do that? You know, after we've met all the people we want to meet, then what do I do? Then what? Then what? I'm going to rejoice with him every single day. You know, I rejoice with being with Shirley every single day. We've been married, we're pushing it, we're going to do golden next year. You paying attention? Get the cards and get the party ready. We're going to have our 50th wedding anniversary next year. But I always rejoice in being with Shirley. Always. Always. That's pretty good, huh? Not bad. Joe, will you do this? 
I can't talk and do that's two things at once and there we go and I think there's enough no Lindy showed up and so I do this in remembrance of him and what does this do for me every time that I do this Every single time that I do this, if I've got the right mindset, if I'm doing it right, in remembrance of him, I'm doing what? I'm remembering what he's done for me. I'm remembering that he went to the cross for me. I'm remembering that he is completely sinless. I'm the one that sinned. I'm the one that's still sinning. I can't seem to clean up the act at all. Got yours? I'm the one. I'm the one. And yet he went to the cross for me. As a matter of fact, he knew back before the foundations of the earth were laid that Martin Hubbler was going to be Martin Hubbler, and he knew that Martin Hubbler was going to sin. He even knew what they were. What they are. Wrong tense. Do this in remembrance of me, and it cleans up the plate. It cleans up the slate. We're washed as white as snow. That's why you always see the angels wearing flowing white robes and all of that business. Symbolizing righteousness, isn't it? So let us now, as we do this in remembrance of Him, at the same time, understand that as we do this, as we connect once again with Him, that our righteousness is showing through. So we eat the bread and we drink the cup in remembrance of him. Let us eat. Let us drink. They sang a song, and we're going to sing a song. We're going to pray. Let's pray. Gracious, loving, heavenly Father. Thank yous are inadequate. What you've done for us is overwhelming. What you're doing for us is overwhelming. What you're going to do for us is overwhelming. We're going to be with you in eternity. You are with us now anytime that we ask you. As we read our scripture, as we bring our cares and concerns to you, as we pray with you, pray to you, you're with us every step of the way, every single step. You're there. All we need to do is reach out metaphorically and touch you. You're there. 
guide us, lead us, your Holy Spirit indwelling us, showing us the path. Give us the strength to maintain the path in order that we might that we might enjoy the very fruits of your benevolence to us even right here. It isn't just when we get to heaven. It's right here and right now. Let the world see what a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ looks like in me, in us. And for this we give thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. And next Sunday, Franklin Graham and several pastors in this country have asked that we pray for our president on Sunday, this coming Sunday, on the 2nd of June. And